Good morning! The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our Holy Gospel is from the 21st chapter of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, he asked, and who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or from men? And they discussed it amongst themselves, and they said, If we say from heaven, he will, he will ask, Then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. Then he said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Jesus then addressed them and said, What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said to him, Go into the vineyards today and work. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? And they answered, The first. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. The tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to pray with me the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. So, let's start today with location, timing, and recent actions taken by Jesus. We're in chapter 21 of 28. In the Gospel of Matthew, the last seven chapters take place within the last week of Jesus' life. At the beginning of chapter 21, we, are, we have been telling of Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem, a reading that typically takes place on Palm Sunday. And according to Matthew's Gospel, The first thing, the very first thing that Jesus did when he came into Jerusalem was he went to the temple and immediately he drove out the money changers and all the vendors who were selling there. And he declared, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. As one of my commentary sources so aptly described the situation, he just spent the weekend making holy trouble. And the religious establishment is furious with him. The plain and simple truth is the chief priests and the elders, their way of life, their very livelihoods, their systems of religious expression was being challenged. Their 
And I call it system because in a certain, in, in, it was very much a system. And it was a system of exploitation. Exploitation of the poor and the common person of faith. It was a system of temple taxes and sacrificial religious practices. A system put in place in order for the common everyday person to gain access to worship. How would you like to have that system here? Come on in. Oh, we're going we're gonna to have guards. We'll have people st- sitting at the steps of the church. Oh, by the way, you want to worship this morning? Pay a temple tax first. Then we'll let you in to this sanctuary. How would you like to have that for your life of faith? I suppose in a certain sense you could say, well, it's mandatory tithing. You want to worship in this space? Pay up first. That was the system that they had in place. And all of that was being challenged and put into question by Jesus. So naturally, thinking that they had all the power, that they had all the authority, they challenged Jesus. And they confronted his supposed authority. By whose authority are you doing these things? And yet it turns out that very question was an empty question. Well, back in the day when I was in high school, I think they used to call it a nothing burger. Because Jesus challenges them with his own question about John the Baptist's baptism. Did it come from heaven or from man? There's an author out there who I love to read, author uh, by the name of Martin Bell. And I love what he has to say about this encounter between Jesus and the chief priests and elders. He says that Jesus penetrates the darkest corners of human existence. Jesus shatters illusion and he exposes the whole of humanity in its nakedness. I think that's what the church is meant to do. We are meant to shatter the illusions of this world around us, the illusions that all of us seem to live with, and expose us for what really is. He further writes, he says, what the chief priests and the elders did not realize is that life itself, life itself is inextricably bound to decision-making. I love that word, inextricably. It's kind of a hard one to pronounce. Try and say it. Inextricably. Inextricably. A word that you and I should come to know. It's one that we don't use very often. It basically means... It's impossible to separate. Inextricable means it's impossible to separate. And what this author, Martin Bell, says is that these chief priests, and they they didn't realize that life itself, you cannot separate life itself from decision-making. And yet somehow... The chief priests and the elders did not either know or they, did, they were not willing to do it. They apparently had too much to lose, you see. Ha! Huh. Wow! Think about our real world, folks. Look about the world that you and I live in. Who are some of those people out there in this world right now who seem to think that they have too much to lose? They're not willing to face the truth. Too much power, too much influence. 
That's what the chief priests and the elders felt that they had, that they had too much to lose, too much power, too, too much influence to give up. And so they played it safe. And they dodged the question. Wow, we humans haven't changed a bit, have we? We haven't changed a bit, have we? Life itself is inextricably bound to decision-making. It is impossible to separate life and decision-making. To live is to decide. To wake every morning and to decide to live another day with Jesus is a decision to live in such a way that our choices, that our decisions, that our values, that our commitments are impacted and they are influenced by the person that we name as Lord of our life, Jesus Christ. That is what it means every day of our life to wake up and to say that we make a decision today that our lives will be impacted and influenced by and our values and our commitments, they will all be influenced and impacted by Jesus himself, the Lord of our lives. Come on, Lutherans. Can I get an amen on you for that one? Come on. Come on, Lutherans. Reverend Carol, Reverend Dr. Carol Lewis, she's a professor of preaching at Luther Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. She reminds me of something that I keep in mind every week as I pray and meditate and reflect and prepare for these times in front of you. Because the reality is, you give me, you give me, that's right, you, you give me. By my office, you give me authority. You give it to me. But I need to be reminded of this. That this sermon that I preach this Sunday and next Sunday and then the following Sunday and all the Sundays prior to this, that these sermons, they have absolutely no authority if they do not compel you to live your faith. That these sermons that I preach, they have absolutely no authority if they don't help you and me interpret this world theologically. Because that's what we're supposed to do as people of faith. We are supposed to walk and live in this world and we look at it through the lens of God. That's what theology is, Godology. We look and we live through the world and through the lens of God. And what part of my role as a pastor in these sermons is to somehow help you and myself to enter into this possibility of interpreting the world theologically. That's something that a whole lot of people aren't doing these days. And I won't even mention who they are, but you already know who they are. And she also says that this sermon that I preach today, tomorrow, and the next day, and the past sermons, none of them have authority if they do not articulate what it looks like to embody faith in the real world. You see, it's my understanding that you and I, we gather here each week, because we believe that what Jesus has to say and what Jesus did and what Jesus continues to do has authority in our lives. Authority in our lives. And it influences and it impacts the way in which you and I live our lives and how we embody faith in the real world. That each week, that each and every day, 
of our lives, we are continually being invited through the power of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray it every Sunday. Through the power of the Holy Spirit working and living in our lives, that we are invited to sojourn another day with Jesus. And that means that we need to decide. We need to live, to live is to decide. To live another day with Jesus is to decide that we are going to live another day with Jesus. And that invitation never stops being offered. And that invitation comes to us from God, who is the author of all of life. And we get another glimpse today of what that embodied faith looks like, and we get another look at that from Paul's letter to the church of Philippi. Embodied faith in Christ, it begins with humility. Wow, I wish there were a lot more people in this world that had humility. And I'd like to name them for who they are, but I'm not going to name any of them. Paul says, make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his purposes of exploitation. Instead, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, taking the form of a servant. Whatever happened to servant ministry? Whatever happened to a servant attitude? Whatever happened to serving the people of this country? Whatever happened to serving the people of this world? Being born in human likeness, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. You see, Paul speaks to us and he encourages us with this multitude of images and characteristics of how that humility is to be lived and embodied in our lives of faith. He starts out, it starts out with encouragement in Christ, being consoled by the love of Christ. It is lived out with expressions of compassion and sympathy. And in humility, we regard others as better than ourselves and not living for selfish or ambitious conceit. Wow! Not looking to our own interests, but to the interests of others. Wake up, people. Wake up, world. When are we ever going to start getting it right, folks? I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to the whole world out there. Radio world out there, you listening? Live stream world out there, you listening? Jesus is again inviting us to work in the vineyard, and we are once again being asked to decide. Life and decision-making is inextricably bound. You cannot separate them. To live is to decide. And he is inviting us to walk with him in the way of the cross, an embodied faith that touches lives with compassion and grace, an embodied faith that seeks to take the road less travel, a road that which would allow Jesus to be the primary scriptwriter in our lives. At times, we will be in a vineyard, and it will be a path that is fraught with pain and struggle, and yet it will also be a vineyard and a path in which we experience compassion. We will see and we will hear words of gratitude, and we will see and we will experience tears of release, tears of joy, tears of sorrow. And we will look into the eyes of the soul of another person and sense their pain, but also at the same time sense their joy and their happiness. So the question is, are we being compelled once again today to live our faith? Are we being challenged to look at the world and interpret it theologically with a God perspective 
And have we been given another glimpse into what it means for us to embody faith in the real world? We have come once again to take up the invitation from Jesus. And we believe by coming here into this place, by tuning in on live stream, by listening in on the radio out there, we believe that what Jesus has to say, what Jesus did, and what Jesus continues to do, it has authority in our lives. And it influences and, and it impacts the way in which you and I live our lives and how we embody faith in the real world. And to live is to decide. May, our, may we say yes to the way of Jesus. May we say yes to life. May we say yes to living out our faith. May we say yes to embodying faith in the world, real world. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. I invite you to pray the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Hallelujah. Go in peace and share the good news.